0: You're listening to the 29 Steps Podcast, and I'm excited to welcome a very special guest today. Joining me is Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot. Brian, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So this is a very busy week for you because Inbound is happening. And I was at, I'm pretty sure it was Inbound 2013, whatever year Seth Godin and I think Ariana Huffington were there. And at the time, I think if I remember correctly, there were roughly 5,000 people It might've been the second year and it's changed a little bit since then, not just because of the pandemic, but honestly, that's pretty much changed everything. And I want to talk about that, but first for people who aren't familiar with inbound, tell us what it is and kind of what's going on this week.
1: Uh, Inbound is an awesome event we've been doing for probably the last nine years. And it's an event for folks who are geeked out about marketing and selling and servicing and thinking about that relationship between companies in the marketplace writ large to come and congregate and hear interesting speakers and connect with each other. It's a, it's a really terrific event.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I looked at the lineup and it looks pretty incredible. I think it's John Legend and Chrissy Teigen and Bob Iger, but I imagine it's going to be a little bit different this year than in the, past. Tell, tell me about that.
1: It certainly is. I mean, usually everyone's in the same room and there's your, you know, 25,000 of us in one big room last year. Uh, what we tried to do this year was to take the two cool parts of, of inbound and recreate them uh, in a virtual way. And we didn't try to just like kind of cut and paste it and just do the whole thing on Zoom. We tried to reimagine it. And so we've still got really good speakers. I think we got a terrific lineup. Bob Iger, for example, is a really good one. I read his book and I'm looking forward to hearing him. Um, but we built an application, uh, a mobile app for people to use while they're enjoying Inbound that they'll be able to connect with each other in really unique ways, create an avatar, engage with speakers. Like we're trying to recreate the the collaborative magic that happens at the event. And I've been playing with the app. It's pretty slick. I
0: think I think that's really cool. I, I was just writing an article about the event that Apple had on Tuesday, right? And in, so as you imagine events that used to be in person that are now virtual, companies are taking a variety of approaches. And probably we can agree that Apple has a substantial budget for this kind of thing and they do a pretty good job at putting on a show but a lot of companies have struggled was there ever a point when you guys thought to yourselves maybe this just isn't going to happen this year
1: uh no no that wasn't ever a thought uh we we wanted to do it We, we think it's a really cool event we have had thoughts in the past jason of gosh does it make sense to have everybody jammed in one big room Um, and so this gives us a chance to experiment with a fully virtual event. So it kind of gave us a weird excuse to try this. Um, we'll see what happens in steady state next year and the year after how much is virtual and how much is live. There are some definite benefits with doing it virtually. Like the number of people who are coming from Europe and Latin America, Asia and whatnot is much higher, uh, Mm -hmm. We're also doing a bunch of programming because of that. So we start the program at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard and we finish it at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard, which is certainly something we <laughs> wouldn't have done if there were only a trickle of international folks coming. Um, so there's, there's actually some, it's cheaper, as you might imagine, to put on. The ticket prices are lower. We get more people if we got 25,000 last year. I don't know what the final number is, but it's far, far north of that. So, It's not the end of the world. Uh, I'd put it that way.
0: I I like that you said it gave you an excuse to do something that maybe you had wanted to try, but people had expectations. And and now nobody has expectations because nobody knows what to expect. Speaking of that, going back to March for a second, when everybody started working remotely, so take inbound, set it aside for just a second. And I'm curious about HubSpot. What was that like for you because you have people all around the world working in different offices, and I'm, I'm guessing they all have slightly different situations. So how was that, that decision made, and, and how did you manage that for people?
1: Well, I think we talked about our customers and our employees. For, for us and our employees, I mean, we obviously just had to get people out of our offices for their health sake then their family's health sake, and just to try to lower the viral coefficient of the communities we operate in. So we did that very early and very quickly. And I would say, well, we were already kind of moving toward remote. Remote was our third largest office. Uh, we had the tools in place and we had a lot of job openings that were for remote employees and whatnot. So we were kind of heading that way. I, had, I was working remote a couple days a week. And so from that perspective, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a giant leap for us to go remote. We were all very, very used to using Zoom and very, very used to you know using Slack and Atlassian or Wiki Confluence, so that wasn't that bad. I think the reality of it was that it really impacted people in such a, a broad variety of different ways. I'm single and I've got plenty of room and I've got good internet, and so oddly, I'm far more productive during uh, you know during COVID. I don't have to travel as much, so like actually i feel like i've been as productive as I've ever been on the flip side we certainly have a lot of employees let's say you're a single dad with three little kids that so you're trying to you know homeschool gosh there's just no two ways about it you're going to be much much less productive and so it's really impacted people in different ways but overall i give the hub spotters a pretty good score of like getting home getting into a new normal and kind of moving on and getting their work done. I think, I think performance has been lumpy and that's totally to be expected. And, and, uh, you know, we're just kind of moving on, rolling with the punches here.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm not single, but my wife and I do have four children who are being virtually schooled here and if their classroom is actually in the room next to me. So you may hear them. We'll see. But so, so I can relate, although I've been working remotely for quite a while. So I, I have a little bit of uh baseline for that. And obviously we're, we're doing this podcast over zoom, which is pretty much how we do everything that involves meeting with another person that doesn't live in your house, but zoom, it's not the same as being in the same room. So how do you, you know, HubSpot is pretty well known for having a certain type of culture. I remember being at inbound and you could just sort of sense that. And that was, you know, whatever, eight years ago, but how do you keep that going forward when people can't just rub shoulders with each other or pop in the office or that kind of thing?
1: It's definitely different, um, and it's definitely not the same, (sighs) but we're trying to lean into it. I kind of think, Jason, that we were headed this way anyway, that the value of the office was going down as we got bigger, so even HubSpot in Cambridge, we now have like three buildings across the street, and as everybody knows, the weather in Cambridge, Massachusetts isn't great, so... In the middle of winter, if you had a meeting with somebody across the street, you were probably Zooming in anyway. Mm. And so I think that value of the interpersonal relationship is actually higher when you're smaller. As you get bigger, it's less valuable. We have a bunch of executives in San Francisco and in Dublin, and you know, we, you know we're heading that way. I think in steady state, what will happen, Jason, is uh, we're going to offer people the option. You can be a remote you can be in the office all the time you can be a kind of a hybrid and um i think even for the people who are remote the way we'll like to do it for example for my management team we'll do stuff mostly remote but once a quarter for like three or four days everyone will come into headquarters and we'll have dinners and we'll have our big quarterly meetings and our reviews and we'll try to get that connection to happen again that's what's kind of missing so it's not actually a great experiment because the experiment is actually flawed, because in steady state, when and if this is ever over, you will, at some point in the year, be able to connect. And I'm feeling like we're six months into it, and we had our board meeting yesterday. And I'm just now starting to miss that, like, oh, it'd be nice to grab dinner with my exec team or the board and not have it over Zoom. I'm just starting to feel that now.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably familiar for a lot of people when they went home, it was, okay, we're going to do this for two weeks or now we're going to do this for a month. And now it's going to be a couple of months. And and now we're not entirely sure when that's going to be. And and so I think people are making a shift from this is a temporary thing to this could be, I hate to use the phrase like a new normal, but this could be the way that I work. And so now I have to figure out ways to be productive. And you mentioned that you feel like you're actually more productive working remotely. So like how do you how do you make that ha- how does that work for you? Other than just the fact that you have lots of space and time and people not knocking on your office door, are there some specific either tools or habits that you use to be more productive?
1: I would say yeah, I'm introverted. Uh may not sound it on the call, but I I I'm introverted and we have an open office plan at Hubspot and Open office plans are actually kind of tough on introverts because people are always coming by and chatting and interrupting, and it's kind of a minor thing, but they bring it to your attention. People can do that in Slack, and it's less intrusive to me when they do it through Slack than in person. So it's just, I think as an introvert, sort of all the alone time is sort of helps me charge, and less interruptions helps me charge a little bit. I like that. I like that everything is pretty structured actually, like our meeting started right on time and ends right on time. Like that's just sort of the way the Zoom world works. I like that I'm not flying to Dublin in Japan (laughs) this month, that I'm, you know, I'm engaging with those folks over Zoom, but I don't blow a whole day traveling to these places and back and forth. And, you know, I think there's a lot of benefits to, uh, for me personally, I think for introverts especially, Uh, around, uh, you know, working at home. But I feel like I'm on the extreme end of, like, it suits me particularly well. Like, I have plenty of space to live. I have great internet. Um, I'm an introvert. Boy, there's a lot of people on the other end of that spectrum that are in a a whole different spot at HubSpot and certainly around the world.
0: Now, so you said that your remote group was your largest group. Do you anticipate that that will likely grow even when we get back to next year sometime when the office is reopened, do you think, do you have a sense of at HubSpot, the amount of people who will want to come back to the office? Because there are a lot of studies who are saying some people just maybe don't want to come back to the office ever.
1: Yeah, we've done some surveying on that. Uh, A lot of people want to come back. A lot of people want hybrid and a lot of people want fully remote. And so we're gonna try to offer all three of those modes and try to offer them well. I don't think that's going to be easy for us, but we're, we're working on all three of those modes and trying to make people super productive. I think one interesting thing that's happening in the economy, Jason, is that the, um, there's always been a war for talent, like in Boston and Cambridge here, we're competing with companies like Wayfair and Akamai, the big Boston tech companies for talent. I think in a world where we support remote and our employees can be wherever and move wherever they want, and all other companies are basically doing the same, the same thing, that our competition for talent is gonna be much tougher. Like somebody's looking for a new job in Boston, before they applied to HubSpot, Wayfair and Akamai, now they're applying to Zoom and Slack and you know whatever. You name the West Coast or European or any tech company. So there's gonna be a higher bar. And I think if your strategy is you're just going back in the office, everyone's gonna be back in the office, I think you're putting yourself at kind of a competitive disadvantage in the, in the war for talent.
0: Now, I know you've said a couple of times that you're an introvert, and I can completely relate to that. You also mentioned there's some people on the other end of the spectrum. Are there some intentional things that HubSpot has done? I mean, I, you know, Zoom social, does that kind of thing really work? Or, or is there a way to recreate that experience for those people who are not introverted and who are really craving that before they can get back to the office. It's
1: interesting you say that because, for, you know, when this first started, we did a lot of the cocktails on Zoom and stuff like that. It feels like that's just kind of played out and people don't want to do it anymore. Do you feel the same by the way?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, yes.
1: Yeah, that seems like played out. And we've noticed that a that couple of our managers have had like team dinners and stuff like that in Boston and whatnot. I'm not crazy about that idea, because let's say uh, you're a manager of 20 people and you have a dinner for 20 people. Some of those people probably aren't comfortable going out and interacting with other people, appropriately uncomfortable, I would say. And they may feel pressure to do that. And so we're actually pushing back on that. And we're struggling with exactly how to enable that human connection to happen. I think it's perfectly fine. Hey, your best friend works at HubSpot and they're, they're in your bubble, go do whatever you want and socialize together. But we're discouraging more active, like get your team together for a dinner outside of the office. We're sort of, we're pushing back on that.
0: Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And it sounds a lot like things I hear from other companies that I talk to that are either fully remote and have been, or have had to make this transition. So shifting back for a second to inbound, you guys are hosting obviously a major virtual event this week and if i'm not mistaken you're announcing a new product so i'm curious what the experience was like both of those are pretty big things in normal times if if, if there was such a thing and you're doing them both during a pandemic while people are working remotely so how how what have you guys how has that worked for HubSpot? it's gone pretty <laughs> it's gone pretty well actually can I just, I'll just tell you
1: a little secret. Uh, we have, I have a talk, I do a speech at Inbound every year and, you know, there's 25,000 people in the audience looking at you and there's a lot of others on video watching. I get quite anxious for that speech, uh, <laughs> really anxious because you gotta, you really gotta bring your a game and you gotta nail it. You gotta have the content's gotta be good. We rehearse it a ton. This year, well, of course we can't do that. Um, And we didn't want to just recreate that in Zoom. And so, you know, we're doing something pretty cool, my co-founder and I, that's different than a speech, uh, that's more a set of conversations in cool places that is a reimagined version of our keynote that I think will be better. And that's the kind of thing that we filmed a month ago, finished filming it a month ago, actually. And uh, when we filmed it, we filmed it over the course of two days with a professional film crew and whatnot and had several takes of, of the different uh, parts of it. And we could make mistakes and go over and, uh, frankly, it. Frankly, for me personally, it might <laughs> better. Like, I don't have to get super nervous and present in front of 25,000 people. I can just do it uh, on video. And I think it came out great. I think it came out just as good, if not better. Uh, than the old school way of doing it, so that hasn't been bad. The product launch, I think, has been super solid. Like we've been working on this new product for a long time. The developers have found their way remotely to work together, and that's gone relatively smoothly. The product's been delivered on time. It's super high quality. I don't think it's been that bad. I think it's it's a little bit of the new normal and. I think the team has figured out how to deal relatively efficiently.
0: So uh, two quick questions as we wrap up. The first one is obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, I have an assumption and that would be that developing software is slightly unique compared to the things that a lot of people might do in an office setting. Do you just, are there any learnings that you've had as you go through this through this experience that you think might be, translatable to other types of working environments, just, Hey, we noticed that this kind of thing works really well. Maybe it will work in a different situation or things that you noticed were like a really bad idea and people should stop trying them.
1: On the software development side, it's actually an interesting case because you would just imagine, okay, most software developers are introverts, very comfortable with technology. They're building software. It's mostly quiet. That would be the first thing you'd want to do remotely. Where that kind of starts to fall down is, is uh, we do a lot of hiring of interns and people fresh out of school, and we teach them how to build great software. And we kind of grow them internally, and, and they, they, we have kind of a method for doing it. Let's just say you're that fresh grad, and you're joining HubSpot out of MIT, and you're going to write software for us they want to be in the office they don't know what it's like to be in a work environment they also have a lot of their social connections or through the company they also you know you're not making a ton of dough when you're first out of college you know and you probably have a bunch of roommates and you, you're, you're kind of a crowded apartment so ironically the part of HubSpot that pushed back hardest on the remote thing was actually our R&D organization because of that phenomenon of bringing the Big cohorts of of fresh grads in and getting them on their feet and they've done fine and they've adjusted, but uh, that that part of it's challenging.
0: Yeah, and that and that's a great point. I'm both. I mean, both of us are at a point where we're not fresh out of college. I'll just leave it at that. And so I, it's hard to remember what what that was like. But it's not just about the work at that point. It's about that experience of understanding what it's like to work at a company. And, and it's harder to do that in the same apartment you were living in last semester as you graduated. So I, I can imagine.
1: It is. And one hack some of them have been doing is like some of the managers with a lot of fresh grads in their teams have been having meetings where they have, what, what I think they miss too is like, they don't get it to bump into me in the hallway, for example, or my co-founder or other execs that are up different kind of chains from them. They miss some of that casual bumping into people in conversations and, and so they're, we're trying, some of the forward-looking managers at HubSpot are trying to recreate some of that. So they're inviting me and other execs into their team meetings and getting everyone to introduce each other and get to know each other a little bit. So we're still finding our way. We don't have it nailed by any means, and it's a little bit of like, when it first started, productivity is probably way down. I think people kind of found their new normal and it got better. I think we're in a little bit of that in-between phase where people are like, wow, this is lasting a long time <laughs> and we got a ways more to go. And I think people are going to have to, it, 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 there's going to have to be one more big iteration on how people manage their teams, maybe two before we really have it nailed.
0: Yeah, that's great. So let as we wrap up, you guys, as people listen to this, you will literally, that video you talked about will have just been shown to all, however many people have watched this and you will have announced a new product. And I just want to give you a chance to share anything that you might want to say about, you know, the value that that's adding to your customers.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, HubSpot started as a marketing software company and like for ink, like a lot of tons of ink, ink <laughs> 500 5,000 companies have used our marketing software and done great. We've really transitioned as a company. We are a full-on CRM company, and we want to help people create end-to-end gorgeous customer experiences for their customers. And so a bunch of new functionality and new sales hub products that we're announcing that I think people will love. So if you're looking for help in growing your business, you want to grow better, create a great digital experience, please, please do have a look at HubSpot.com.
0: Yeah. And I will just say like, Brian didn't know I was going to say this, but I've used HubSpot for years. And anytime I have an opportunity to suggest to someone, if they're getting started in their business, what should I do to organize my incoming leads and my customers and my clients? I always, you need HubSpot. First of all, the CRM is free, right? (laughs) Like you can't be, and it's like the real thing. You actually can use it. So that's great. Brian, thank you so much. I know that this is a very busy week. I appreciate you taking the time and for sharing these insights. Thank you so much for for joining me today. Thanks thanks for having me Jason. Thanks Brian.